एवरीवन वेलकम बैक टू अनदर एपिसोड ऑफ ब्रेकिंग द सीलिंग वी ऑल हैव एंजॉयड संडे मॉर्निंग ब्रेकफास्ट इडली डोसा एंड यू नो देयर आर दीज आइकॉनिक प्लेसेस दैट वी गो टू बट व्हाट इफ यू कुड गेट दैट सेम क्वालिटी और बेटर क्वालिटी इन योर होम एंड द पर्सन वी आर गोइंग टू इंटरव्यू टुडे इज आई वाज अ फैन ऑफ अ प्रोडक्ट बिफोर आई वाज अ फैन ऑफ हर एंड वी आर गोइंग टू बी टॉकिंग टू नन अदर देन द फाउंडर ऑफ आटा गर्ल ए संगीता वेलकम टू ब्रेकिंग द सीलिंग uh hi ashwin really nice to be here and sangeeta it's uh, uh, funny how we bumped into each other at the founders network and when you said i think somebody said ata girl and i was like where is ata girl because <laughs> i've been looking forward to meeting you because your product has now become legendary every single week ata girl enters my house one way or the other and if if it's not available we literally skip having dosa or idli like if i order something else my wife will like no 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 not that अटागल नहीं है ना अवेलेबल नहीं है ना विल स्किप इट राइट सो फेल इन लव विथ योर प्रोडक्ट राइट एंड दैट्स व्हाई आई हैड टू हैव यू ऑन द शो सो संगीत टेल मी अ लिटिल बिट अबाउट योरसेल्फ बिफोर अटागल ओके सो आई डोंट नो इफ यू नो आई एम एक्चुअली अ मेडिकल प्रोफेशनल ओह वाओ यस सो इज माय वाइफ शी इज अ डॉक्टर एज वेल आई डोंट नो दैट सो व्हेन यू मेंशनड सो व्हेन यू मेंशनड इट आई सेड आई विल जस्ट होल्ड ऑन टू माय गन एंड वेट फॉर द राइट मोमेंट टू यू नो टेल यू दिस so i did my medicine in uh, bangalore and finished i went to us i wanted to study further in in the us and uh, i did my uh, all my licensing exams your wife will know uh, step 1 step 2 step 3 csa finished all of that got certified uh, applied for my residency and then i was working in uh, cleveland clinic nice um i i always realized that um, somewhere there was a disconnect between what i wanted to do and what i was doing and um, you know at the same time coincidentally my visa was expiring so i was on a j1 or a b1 visa i forget now it's been it's been some time so i go back to india and as luck would have it i get a break in the consulting side so this was healthcare consulting so um, i took that up uh i worked across some of the top uh, 20 pharmaceutical companies across the globe wow um your pfizer gnj uh, glaxo and so on so worked on the market and uh, business side of it uh, completely uh, enjoying what i was doing and um, so in i think that stint was maybe 7 8 years and uh, after that got married moved to beautiful city I love Mumbai, and uh, and then I moved job from consulting to uh, manufacturing side. So I was working with Lupin uh, Pharmaceuticals. Oh, lovely! Um, so that was a sh- uh, small uh, stint. Uh, I was pregnant with my twins, and um, uh, I had to take a long sabbatical. So I think it was five years or six years when my girls uh, were growing up, and I was comfortable with motherhood and mm. enjoying it. I realized that there was something that I want to do. You know, didn't want to go back to a full-time job, mm. and uh, thought of many things. And I said, you know, I've always been so passionate about food, so why not food? And that's where the whole seed was sort of uh, laid out <laughs> for Atagar. It, it is always so interesting to see how people find their passion. and most of the time that passion is nothing to do with education 
Yes. Education can be something very, very different and people get passionate about something very different. And I think in India, many times people are pushed into a certain education line, even if they may or may not want to, may not have been your case. But so many times I've seen that they, oh, you have to become an engineer, you have to become a doctor. But now I'm seeing that trend changing where people are allowed to pursue their passions right from the beginning. And I think that the next generation that's coming up behind us, we're not going to see a large you know, exodus going into doctors or engineers but a variety of fields. But as, I think as soon as people follow their passion, they're going to be successful. And I think you're a great example of that. So how did the name Atta Girl come up? And how did you come up with the idea of coming up with Atas? Okay. So uh, I've grown up in uh, Bangalore, uh, eating uh, excellent uh, South Indian food. Uh, so when I thought about doing something in the food, uh, I thought of many things and I'm like, you know what, uh, I missed having that uh, authentic South Indian uh, food in uh, Bombay, uh, the idlis and the dosa. So I said, you know what, uh, why, you know, let me try my hand at uh, making idli dosa batter, but a healthy variant. So I got millets, um, I started doing my own R&D, started reading up, uh, long story short, took some time and then came out with millet based batter. So that's what I first... Uh, uh, tried my hands and um, you know I had my friends who were gracious enough to be scapegoats came over tried those batters absolutely loved it and uh, so they said you know Sangeeta you need to take this up seriously right so it's very easy to do um, uh, be in the rat race and do things the conventional but to come out of that rat race and do something very unconventional uh, while it's great to follow your passion it's not easy to really find, okay, this is your calling and you're going to take this bold step and uh, go after it, right? So, uh, and it took me one year because I kept trying, trying, but never had the, you know, courage to really take it further from there, right? And uh, I had a residential store. I made some bags of my millet-based uh, batters and then supplied it to them. And in this WhatsApp generation that we live in, it, it became like viral, people loved it. And it was sold out in like, you know, in a day's time. And that's where the whole uh, journey started. How, um, how did I uh, come up with this name? So it was all my husband's mm. uh, brainchild. So, um, so when I started this, I didn't really have a blueprint that I was not after any uh, number game or a business strategy. It was pure and pure love for food, love for idli dosas. And um, so, you know, uh, when we started uh, getting this good reviews and uh, Cheda's store in Matunga was the first store mm. that I started stocking up. And uh, so that's a store that I reached out. And after that, the world of food hall, nature basket, big basket, and so on and so forth, reached out to me. And oh, they said, you know, why don't you start stalking with us? And, and at that point, uh, I realized that I need to sort of get this little bit more formal, get it more streamlined, create a workflow process. So the first thing that I needed to change was the brand name. So when I started, it was Batter It. And uh, Batter It cannot be registered because these are distinct words, right? So then we got a marketing agency and asked them to find us a name. And uh, and they kept coming out with some really weird names like Miller Tamma and uh, <laughs> the others I forget. It's not even worth recalling. And, uh, and then 
you know, and we went through that exercise for a month. And, uh, and then finally I was like fed up and I told my husband, I think, you know what, uh, let's just stick to batter it and figure out how we can register it. And uh, there my media, the last meeting that we sort of uh, sat down and we said, okay, let's go through all the other names. And then they come up with this name. Um, so no, before that, my husband told them, look, uh, Millet Amma is such a, because my wife is not an Amma. She's young, <laughs> she's aspirant, she's ambitious, mm. she uh, is excited. And you know, you can't uh, label her in that bracket, right? And uh, so, so that's, you know, think about a name. So it is about my wife who loves to make idli dosa batter. And she's doing a great job with it. So it, the name should reflect her passion, her love for the food and, and how she's done a great job. So they come back, we meet again and they say, okay, how's this name Atta Girl? So, you know, it has double play of, uh, 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 it has this two meaning, hmm. Atta Girl and Atta somebody who's <laughs> done a great job, Atta Girl. And I'm like, my first reaction, like, what the hell? I don't want to be called Atta girl in the town. <laughs> and I said, this is not happening. So my husband was like, you know what, just calm down. Just think over it um, uh, in the night and see if you, uh, uh, you can connect with the brand name. And uh, I slept over it. And then when I woke up in the morning, and all night I thought about the name, you know. And I'm like, there can't be a better name that describes me and describes a brand, right? It is about me and I truly love my food and, um, and the kind of reviews we were getting. Um, so I probably humbly believe that I've done a good job and that's where uh, Atta Girl uh, came in play. That's brilliant. Uh, because I think a name can define almost the personality of an organization in the eyes of a customer. And uh, the more unique the name and the more apt the name, it's easier to spread, right? Yes. If it was called Millet Amma, still, the, <laughs> I'm assuming the product would have still been as good. <laughs> it's just that it may not have really gotten the virality because I think Article definitely has, uh, you know, snap to it. And I, I'm very sure it's played its own role in, in the success of the organization. So when you were starting off, what are a few of the challenges that you faced? So, uh, like I said, I didn't have a blueprint. It was more like... Um, uh, I wanted to do something and uh, I didn't realize that where from like a very small, uh, um, small, uh, what do you call, um, um, what is the word, a small venture, venture or a huh? small uh, uh, thing that startup huh? will huh? suddenly now reach uh, where I am currently. So when I started, uh, I wanted to be completely organic, no preservatives, nothing because uh, one of the idea behind starting millet-based batters were that uh, I always looked for healthy options for my daughters and I couldn't find too many. So, and, and that's, that also sort of played uh, when I was looking for uh, ideas and doing my R&D. So when I started um, uh, these millet-based batters, um, made it fresh, um, First, it started with home delivery so I could maintain the cold chain and all that and then uh, launched it in many stores. Uh, but I quickly realized that um, cold chain logistics and that whole dynamics is very challenging. Uh, my batters are supposed to be stored at 4 degrees, 6 degrees and retail stores maintain a temperature of 12 degrees and above. So how do you manage that, right? 
And uh, so we said, you know what, instead of batters being in retail shelf for five days, we'll just keep it for two days. So if we supply today, by tomorrow, if, if it sells, great. Otherwise, the third day, we pick it up. So my, my batters, they just have a uh, 20, 40, 40 hours of shelf life in the retail uh, stores. But, um, you know, we were comfortable with that. We said we don't want any customers to have a bad experience. So, um, so that was the biggest challenge. Uh, to scale something uh, where uh, product couldn't last beyond 40, 48 hours. Um, but we somehow, I think during COVID, a paradigm shift happened. We, uh, we shifted more from an offline to online because everything was shut. So now we have warehouses across Mumbai. Lovely. So we've moved into a more hyper-local delivery uh, we've tied up with Zomato, Swiggy, DotPay. We have our website where people can place orders. And we have our own runners on their legs who deliver. So, so the temperature is not an issue. Something that would last for 48 hours in the retail shelf. In my cold chain, it will last for 5-6 days. So uh, I've kept my returns very low. And um, yeah, so that, that was my biggest uh, challenge. I think uh, in India, cold chain is a very, very large challenge because I think most people don't understand it. Yes. There are very few products that will demand that kind of a cold chain. But the good thing is in the last five years, I've seen so many logistic companies stepping up, so many retail stores having special you know, things for uh, huh. cold products that need to be kept cold because they understand frozen. Huh. Like ice cream, they are not. Yes, yes. But four degrees is something which was a new, uh, you know, it's a new challenge that's come yeah, up in the last few yeah, years. Yeah. And the retail sector is getting over it. The logistic sector is, you know, uh, getting up, you know, geared up huh. to handle this thing, which is good. What knowledge from your medical background and from your consulting background helped you at Atagal? So, uh, when I started Atagal, I think there were a couple of things. I cannot pinpoint this helped me or that helped me. A, uh, growing up in a South Indian city, I think that was the biggest uh, um, drive to mm -hmm. start Atta Girl. Mm -hmm. I grew up eating amazing South Indian uh, food and I loved the cuisine. I would travel, so I remember that uh, when I was a medical student, we would, uh, so we had to be tied up with many uh, government hospital and, and you know, uh, which was, they were not in your college mm -hmm. campus, mm -hmm. but you would have to travel like, you know, 5-10 kilometers. So, I, and the only thing that I remember is that when I went to this KC General Hospital, uh, which is a government hospital, uh, about 10 kilometers from my house, mm -hmm. somewhere midway, there's a store called Veena Stores, a really hole in the wall kind of place. And I just loved the idlis and filter coffee there. Every time I was posted in KC General Hospital, I would visit that place, right? And the taste stayed with me even after I moved to Bombay. So, so when I started, I'm like, you know, let me come up with something, you know, something like that Veena store, right? And then I've had many experiences like this in these small cafes across uh, Bangalore. And uh, I think so it was, uh, so that sort of, uh, uh, sort of uh, uh, aligned me to uh, do something within the South Indian uh, batters in the breakfast space. And uh, because I'd done medicine and somewhere I felt like I should use my medical knowledge in any which form and I said why not do something healthy right and it'll also have credibility a doctor's there designing all these products and that's where uh, millets came in place. Brilliant. Where do you see Atta Girl in five years? 
um, right now we are in Bombay and uh, we want to uh, expand uh, probably to Pune right and that could be so, to all the satellite cities which is around Bombay like your Nasik, like uh, Pune, then maybe Nagpur. Uh, this is our uh, immediate, uh, immediate goal plan. plan. Mm. Five years from now, you know, I would like to believe that Tata Girl will become a national brand and we are there in 20, 30 cities and I'm, you know. Uh, so I think it's very important to have that five-year vision. And uh, so back in the day, I had the privilege of spending some time with Robin Sharma. Mm. And one of the things he taught me is the power of visualization. And this is the time when I was in an office. My entire office was 200 square feet, 250 square feet. My cabin used to, I could touch both the walls with my hand. Like it was that mm. small. And that time my wallpaper was this four-story building with glass front and this and that. And everyone's like, what is wrong with you? Like where are, you know, where are you? Look where you are and where you are aiming. But I think that was very important because three years after that, we inaugurated that same building. And I remember at that inauguration, uh, one of my uh, senior team members asking me, they're like, what's your next wallpaper? I'm like, what do you mean? Like, what's the next vision? Right? And we wanted to have a much bigger property, you know, one acre property and so on and so forth, which, by the way, is our latest office now. So I think having that vision is very important for two reasons. One, and not to sound very floofy, but you can literally manifest what you can think of. And we, at Equinox, we call it turning thoughts into things. And two, the team around you can also visualize the same thing that you're visualizing. So having that vision for yourself and your organization and sharing it with everybody, I think is a very powerful move. And many people do not leverage it as much as they should. So when you're finding people for Tagal, finding teammates, what do you look for in them? Well, that's a very interesting question. And I've always struggled to find the right uh, person that I, who could be my right hand and do, you know, so I could have one more clone because I'm sort of managing everything on my own. Uh, so somebody who shares uh, similar passion and excitement as I share because I feel then he will not fit into the DNA of Atta Girl. Uh, somebody who will come and roll up his sleeves and ready to jump in and uh, I really grew this company from doing the most basic job as cleaning. Um, we had like this whole delivery. One day I remember we had this whole delivery planned. Uh, we were going to supply to some 30, 40 uh, homes and uh, the, the two delivery boys did a no-show. And we are like, and you know, and all these house ladies are waiting for the batters to come. And, and what do we do? So I got my driver, I got one of my uh, uh, team member. I drove, uh, my driver drove and um, I, I had everything and I told my lady and some of the thing I would just knock, ring the bell and leave the stuff out. So I have done as much and you know, um, doing door to door delivery, cleaning during COVID, a team of 30 just disappeared. We were only oh, four people. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. And uh, I have, uh, you know, washed the grains. I've done the cleaning. I've done all the grunt work. So, uh, of course, I, I mean, now I don't think I can go, go to that, uh, be in that phase and do all of that stuff. But, but sometimes you need to come out of your comfort zone. You need to push yourself. And, and that's the attitude I need. I don't want somebody to just come in and say, okay, I'm going to be, it's a nine to five job. And, um, you know, if you have a vision, you have to boss, you have to go after it. 
you you the things will not come to it and there'll be time where you might have to just push yourself out of your boundaries and do things that you never imagined and only then you will realize okay what it is to build a brand and so that's i you know my husband says that this is asking for too much but uh, i think this is the most basic uh, you know but uh, having it's, it's important to set those expectations from your future teammates because that plays into your work culture it plays into because it's that's what is going to grow your business those are the people who are going to grow your business and if they are not the right set of people you're not going to be successful and if you're not happy with the people that you have you're not going to be successful so i think setting that culture and or what all you said in my mind only one thing is going on culture mm. because what all you said is actually part of culture like hey you need to be a go getter you need to understand quality you need to understand that hey there are times when it's not a 9 to 5 job you have to work 2 3 hours more because their delivery somebody didn't come and i think the kind of person you also looking for like nobody should say like this is not in my jd mm. it's whatever needs to be done that needs to be done i think that way at equinox we've been very very grateful because the team we have today almost any person with the, if i tell them hey we need help there there is no questions there is no they're like what can we do yeah two now i think we've reached the next phase of evolution where we don't even ask people they will see oh they need help they will just stop what are they doing and then go help out because that's the culture that we've created right and one of our core values is helping each other succeed mm. and i think that's something that has made us more as a family rather than a team where people just meet and it's a company is like it's a family because and that one core value of helping each other succeed because and never there's a point that oh there are two people to be promoted and one to be promoted mm. if both are good both are promoted mm. if none are good none are promoted yes that there's no need to fill up a seat right but i think that culture and setting that culture is important i don't know if you had gone through the exercise of writing this down and sharing with your teams do it as soon as you can so do you see your two daughters joining atagal as of right now no 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 do they help out do they do anything at the moment i, I took them last uh, sunday uh, to sit there and you know create an order list and uh, um it's okay they tried yeah. but uh, they're not very fond of idli dosa <laughs> at least for the moment and i think you require a lot of discipline a lot of patience which i don't see right now but of course that will change as they grow up uh it'll be nice um if they take over the reins because it a lot of hard work and uh, uh effort went in building the brand and uh, you know it'll be something uh, nice for them i think because you're creating something that's not designed to be like a short 2 3 year thing it's going you're building a large oh, organization not anymore not anymore not anymore yeah. no no no, no. Uh, it's not a it's not so a small it started as a mom and shop uh-huh. and uh, and now the brand has become so popular that um you know uh it'll be just unfair and not right to like really carry on this legacy and make it something more uh, meaningful you know because the format the quality today that you have you should be a national brand in the next 2 3 4 years 20 30 40 cities is going to be quite easy for you to do because you today have the brand equity already you already have the processes so it's just going to be setting up a new city yeah. letting it run setting up a new city letting it run and if for any reason if you able to extend the shelf life i think right now you are at 5 days if it mm-hmm. becomes 6 7 8 days uh, at which point however then you may want you may need to maybe make some changes 
but that would open up where you don't have to set up central kitchens in every of these places. There can just be distribution because there is a demand for this. See, people want to have healthier food. They want the no preservative thing. People look for millet base. They look for the seven grain because that's the new trend. And uh, the other day I was actually sitting with somebody from uh, the beverage industry. I don't want to name them. They said our fizzy drinks have dropped drastically. Mm. That's why we've gotten into juices. We've gotten into all the other things. Like same way today, Mondelez, as you're aware, biggest in chocolate, but they are now diversifying into so many other things and a lot of it is health, right? Because I think that's the new thing is health because people want to eat healthier. Uh, somebody had told me a very interesting way of looking at, uh, you know, how the beverage industry is doing. They're like, oh, go to a restaurant and see how many Cokes and Pepsis and Limkas and Thumbs Ups and all are being served versus juices. And you'll be very surprised to see very, very, very rarely will somebody order a frizzy drink unless maybe it's as a mixer. People will normally go for juices because that health consciousness has come in. And even restaurants now, because of FSACI, they display the nutrition value. Yes, yes. So I wanted to ah, say something yes, here. Yes, please. Go on. Um, like I told you, Atta Girl was not built out of a blueprint and everything. I just followed my love and passion for uh, food. And one of the things that I want to do is to have an experience cafe. Oh, lovely. Uh, since you were talking about calorie ah, and all that, ah, and suddenly it, ah. uh, you know, uh, sort of uh, occurred to me that maybe I should make a mention. So I want to have this um, cafe, which will be, which will not be like a restaurant, restaurant, but more like an experience cafe. So I still feel that although we serve all these batters, we have about 18 products on our menu. Um, but if you go out to a restaurant and eat South Indian food, it still doesn't have that taste and feel, right? So my whole idea is that start this experience cafe where you can go there and, you know, order like a ragi dosa. And it'll be ma made in bare minimal oil, but like the best of ghee. But I think uh, that's a fantastic idea uh, because people want the authentic experience, yeah. one. Two, it's a great way of letting, obviously, the branding will be that, hey, these products exactly. are made by Atta Girl and obviously you can be available at the counter. Yeah, yeah. It'll be a great way to expand the audience. Yes. Uh, people to try out multiple products because if I have to buy a kg of something that I've never tried before. Yeah. I would still do it with your brand because I know your brand, I trust your brand. But somebody, if they're trying for the first time, they may feel a little it, hesitant. It's very hard to switch uh, loyalist into trying something. So this, this has been uh, in my uh, to-do thing to start this experience cafe and where they come and eat. Like I'm always conscious about what I put in my mouth and how many calories is it. So this one ragi dosa, we'll probably call it a ragi crepe or whatever, uh, with three different types of chutney and this whole meal is so many calories, right? And uh, so somebody who wants to eat and wants to know how many calories is he or she consuming, I think that'll be a great uh, thing, absolutely, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and um, and then we have like we have like like you just mentioned, we do appams, and I mean with all humility, I can say my appam batter is the best, <laughs> right? I've been to Kerala, I've been everywhere. Of course, there's one restaurant in. Um, Bangalore called the Coconut Groove. Have mm. you heard about it? Of course, it? one of my favorites. Uh, yeah, so I've eaten the best appam stew and ulithil and now we offer that in our menu. Mm. And uh, I don't know if the customers know how to make that appam because it's a bit tricky. So that is something I want to include in my uh, um, you know menu and offer it in the uh, 
that experience cafe i'm just waiting to find the right uh, team uh, you know so while you're waiting to actually set up your own something that uh, is happening now in this space is partnering up with restaurants who may not be offering this huh. and having a collab with them for a month two months three months where you're like hey i'm giving you mata like or my one person will come and do this for you and offer it on your menu so collabs have become a very very interesting way of growing Huh. So, for example, uh, one of my friends, she runs a company called Evo, uh, Shraddha Bansali, right? So, she partners with restaurants saying that, hey, for a month, ha make this using Evo. Mm. Obviously, the branding is there and she can tell her customers, hey, I'm, we are available in, let's say, Cafe Monical or there is, you know, uh, Evo Bhuji or whatever it is, right? And I know even Good Dot, yeah. they created the experience center, it's actually around the corner here. Because yeah. would you try veg Kima just out of nowhere? No. Plant-based kima. If you have the kima power from them, I think it's called unkima or something. You would not know the difference. If I give you normal kima power and theirs, you would not know the difference. But now, how would you convince somebody to do that? So they open their cafe actually for just people to try out their products before you can buy the products and become a regular subscriber. So I think the experiential way of doing it is incredible because it opens up so many more avenues for you to grow, right? But my next question to you was actually exactly this, that what are some of the other things that you want to do that you probably haven't done right now? So cafe is one, but is there something else on your mind that you'd want to do? So, um, once again, I'm going to yeah. get my dog off. <laughs> uh, so right now, I started with uh, ready, to, uh, ready to Cook, hmm. right? It's an RTC uh, hmm. um, brand. Hmm. And then somewhere uh, during lockdown, um, we realize that um, you know we can add some more products which are very complementary to what we are doing so we added uh, ready to eat chutneys mm. so now we are like a ready to cook ready to eat and um, so i want to focus in the segment only uh, which is primarily breakfast of course people have idli dosas even for lunch and dinner and everything which is complementary to this um, uh, cuisine mm. So, like I said, I have warehouses now, you know, across Mumbai and my idea is that we have 10 warehouses. Oh, wow. Uh, so, we just opened one in Thani. Oh, lovely. And one we are opening in Tardio. Uh, hopefully, by May 1st, I should get all my licenses. So, we plan to have 10 of them. So, as a customer, if you go online and, okay, I like batters. Uh, I love this tomato chutney and then there is coffee. Uh, we just launched spices. Oh, you I know? know this. And oh, you have to try them. Very. We, we just we just did it. I just did it on the fly, and we are getting very very good. Uh, so I've tried uh, all the chutneys, and they're fantastic. Yeah. So uh, spices, uh, uh, very good feedback, and guess what? It has six months shelf life. So <laughs> that's you always know, music. Yeah, is. yeah. So that's how I, you know, I'm also gearing towards products with higher shelf life, right? Um, so if somebody comes online and wants to order. Instead of earlier, he would just pick up a batter and now he has this chain, he has this entire uh, uh, menu where he can get entire uh, meal home without for him to work, you know, making chutneys or making. So we also do ready to uh, eat sambar mm -hmm. while we have the masala. Mm -hmm. So uh, this is this is how I'm going to be focusing on building, pro uh, adding more products, but everything is complementary. Like I will never add paneer or tofu. Because it just uh, doesn't go with the cuisine. yeah it yeah. doesn't go. So if you come there and you're looking for a meal, um, you know, you will probably order four or five things because everything goes well and and it also drives more traffic uh, 
um, on the app or with Swiggy Zomato. So that's that's the goal plan. Um, I'm also looking to add one product every two three days. Uh, uh, sorry, two three months. Once. Uh, so that um, you know I have like a full-on you know a menu of 40-50 items oh, wow. which is all very relevant and uh, yeah I mean it's tough but, uh, but I'm enjoying it. That would require a lot of R&D to so, be able to get to that pace. So I enjoy the R&D mm. part. I, I love the R&D part because I think I understand food, I understand fine taste. I think what I find very uh, pushing out of my comfort zone is going and uh, uh, talking to the vendors, making a sales pitch. This is something I don't <laughs> enjoy doing. You know, I, I've done consulting, I've done, but that's that's not something I look forward to. I, I'm very happy in my kitchen wearing my uh, chef's hat and uh, coat and, uh, you know, trying out new items and uh, adding that in my menu. So uh, this is where I want to spend my time, but get my other team members to do all the other, uh, I call it the most, uh, the, the less interesting uh, thing. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I will stay focused to ready to cook, ready to eat, but adding more variety in my menu. Over the next two, three years, how do you see your role changing within Atagar? So, um, I do want to take a back seat at some point. Uh, I will always be there uh, involved in the business, but I just want to work towards quality and consistency. Rest, everybody, everything else, everybody else will do. Because that quality and consistency, you really have to share that love for the food. It's my baby. And I don't see anybody coming and understanding every fine detail the way I will do. So that is something I will um, you know, focus towards. And uh, for rest, everything else, I'll have a larger team. And you know, we are already building our team as we speak. So that's, uh, so I limit my role to just uh, Q and C. Uh, my last question to you, what advice would you give an entrepreneur entering the food business? Okay, so I wouldn't say just the food business. I think oh, any it business. Uh, yeah. that uh, that is not easy. Um, my journey has been very, very uh, tough. It has been a journey of lows and highs. But somewhere, uh, and there, there have been days of self-doubt and you, you, you ask yourself, is this really a viable business? Uh, you know, is this really that I want to do? But I think um, what worked for me is that uh, you have to enjoy the process. Mm -hmm. Enjoy the whole journey. Give yourself, give, give your best. And, uh, and and that's what I've done and that's where and that's why I'm here, you know. Uh, do you have any questions for me? Uh, what questions? Um, so uh, what is your, now that you're here and I understand that you're doing very well and that Equinox is one of the industry, uh, setting industry standards, what is your goal plan now? Okay, so you have Equinox, what else? So I think one, uh, my vision for Equinox is in the next five years uh, be not just the largest player in India, but in this by before end of this year we're looking to go international. So we already have six labs across the country. We're covering almost 90-95% of pin codes in the country, anyways. Uh, is to go outside India. We're looking already looking at the Middle East and a couple other places. And but more than that is being able to improve water, food, and air because our purpose of Equinox, like my purpose and Equinox's purpose has been to improve water, food and air quality. 
and I think the step one to improve water, food and air is to measure or to improve anything is to measure. And I think we've done a decent job at that. Uh, the next step would be, and we're already doing it, is consulting those companies on how do you improve the quality. So for example, you're a food business. Uh, we find that, hey, you know, your shelf life is not, let's say you want five days, but you're getting three days. What can you do about it? Or you want 10 days, but you're not getting there, you only have three days. What do you do about it? So have that consulting arm where we can guide customers on how to improve quality, how to extend shelf life, how do you make your product safer, how do you make your product more compliant. We're already doing that, but funny enough, we actually don't charge for any of those services. Those are mm -hmm. all complimentary. But obviously, then there's a limit to how far we can go. So Maybe. developing right. that yeah. arm of it. And uh, today, we are uh, we have one of the very few companies or labs that have a tech team in-house. Mm -hmm. And every software that we use is actually designed in-house. Like right from our CRM to our HRMS, to our operation software, to everything. Apart from maybe the video editing software, as many mm -hmm. others, which we can't develop in-house, won't really make sense. Uh, we've developed them in-house, but we're also now creating a few new softwares for the industry. We're launching something called Compliance Cloud in the, in the next month, which will help food businesses stay in touch with what are the latest regulations. Today, if I ask you, hey, do you know the latest regulation, FSACI regulation that affects you? 99.9% .9 of people will have no clue. No clue, yeah. Compliance Cloud will solve the problem for you. Every Monday, you'll get an email, Hey, here are the three new regulations that have been launched. Here's a little summary. All you have to do is read those three lines of summary and you will know that does this apply to me or not. Because guess what? Out of the 100 new regulations launched in the last three years or three months, only maybe one applies to you. 99 don't. They're all for other things. But if you miss that one, you've lost the plot. And you've, you've now either you have to reprint all your material or you have to reformulate or you have to do a lot of changes. And a lot of food businesses take a hit over there. As you scale, you're going to see that as a big problem, right? So that is one of the uh, things so that I have, are you working with the food companies currently where you are on a monthly uh, or oh, you said you did that for Domino's. So you're doing it for many other companies. We are doing well. it for thousands of companies where we audit their facilities. Huh. We, uh, more than facilities, what we're auditing is their process. Process. Right? And how like, you can sort of streamline their process. How do you streamline it? How do you improve it? How do you make it safer? Because the stronger your process, the more replicable it is. Hmm. Right. So today, exactly. so today, for example, let's say you have one central kitchen and 10 warehouses in Mumbai. Now, if you hmm. want to replicate this in Bangalore, you need to set a standard. Hmm. But you can't be in Bangalore and Mumbai at the same time. Hmm. Oh, now you're doing Delhi or you're doing Kolkata. So how are you going to manage all of this? If you're one, then you're there. You don't really hmm. need yeah, me yeah. to come and tell you like, oh, is okay or not okay. Right. You're right there in Mumbai. Hmm. But as soon as you start expanding is where this service will start making a lot more sense to you. Like today, I don't think you're taking auditing services because there's no need for it. Mm. But as you expand, you'll now be like, hey, is my Bangalore running fine? Like, or do you have to jump on a flight and go to Bangalore to see is it running fine? Or at a fraction of the price, can you click a button and our auditor goes as per your checklist, audits the full facility, you get photos, videos, suggestions in your inbox 24 hours later mm. at a fraction of the cost of your time and flight. Right. So that is something that industry is finding invaluable and we want to scale that more. And uh, we are also launching something called as a resident quality auditor. We've already launched it, but we have not scaled it yet because we are making, we are perfecting the model. Like for example, today you may not have a full time quality, external quality resource. But what if you want an external person once in a week, twice in a week to come and just make sure that, hey, all my quality norms are as per FSSI, are, are we following the best industry practices? You may not always want to stand with a checklist and check every little thing. A quality auditor from Equinox can actually come and do that for you. So we are making quality also a plug and play kind of a model. Because especially when you are smaller and growing. See, once you cross 100, 200 people, it makes sense for you to have your own full-time one or two or three people yes, in-house. Yes. While you're scaling to that point, you may not need a full-time resource there eight hours a day, five days a week. 
what is a person going to do for all that time that's where this other part may come in handy and like this we actually have 20 more things that we're working on because at equinox we love experimenting so that uh, uh, it's just uh, i don't know if you know uh, sonali she's a food technologist okay. and i have actually now sort of taken her as a consultant on board lovely who will help us uh, streamline our process and um, my biggest challenge is consistency and uh, quality control, right? Because uh, A, they don't have preservatives, they are 100% natural. And it's always uh, dependent on uh, moisture, air, temperature. It, it is, well, you know, everything can affect the quality of the batter, right? How do I bring all these dynamics to a point where no matter how they, these variables are changing, my batter will give perfect idlis and dosas all the time, right? And now I think it's time that I do this, you know, because we are growing and we are adding all these uh, warehouses and very soon, I mean, not that I want to get into quick commerce, but uh, I would like to sort of um, have like a cozy quick commerce approach where if you need an idli dosa batter, uh, you don't have to run to a retail uh, store and because we have a warehouse within, so we, we plan to have a warehouse within 7-8 kilometer reach. Nice. So if you want something within 20 minutes or half an hour, you should get it. So we do want to increase our uh, logistic team and of course not get into logistics because we are a product company. And uh, we want to, you know, singularly focus in the product and not in the logistic. But yeah, coming back, so uh, I've got her to uh, sign up with us a contract and she's going to start working and she said that she was working with uh, Equinox. Wonderful. You know, uh, I forget. So anyway, I'm That's sure. That's pretty cool. Huh. No, so I don't know. I mean, I mean, there are a lot of consultants or actually most consultants in India, food consultants, would have worked with us at some point or the other. Yeah, yeah. Either to get yeah. testing done, shelf life, nutrition yeah, label, yeah. any audit, anything. Right. And, uh, but, and the funny enough thing is many of them have been part of Equinox. Like mm. they were as an auditor and all that they've grown mm. and obviously they've gone out and million started. So, uh, so in the last five years, I know at least 10 people from the food tech space who've left Equinox, gone out and started their consulting. They have two, three clients mm. that they're working with. And obviously lucky enough, all the testing comes back to us. That's how we know about it as well. And but I think that's a great sign, right? Because as people grow, they're, they're going to have varied interests. And as, as our culture is that, hey, if you don't align with what work you're doing and if you have something else, follow your passion. So we allow so much uh, transition between teams at Equinox. Mm. Like many, today, uh, my second highest person in HR was a part of my operations team. Uh -huh. But then her MBA was in HR and she's like, oh, I would like to try HR, can I try? Of course, why not? Try for six months, you don't like it, come back. Tried for six months, got promoted. No, she's handling a team of 30 people. Did you, uh, do you go to Thane every day? No. How often do you go there? I go once a week, maybe once in two weeks. And, and where are you then? Uh, I'm here. Having, I don't, here. I am, if, I, I yes. I don't see this uh, really as a, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, conventional works. This space. is not a workspace. This is not a workspace yeah, at all. We yeah. call it the studio. Huh. So, Kevin is inside. So, most of the time I'm on Zoom. Huh. But most of the time I actually spend here with people. Interacting with people, all customers. Meetings, everything. Is here. And that's your, that's your uh, uh, unit, your, your 
capacity unit where you run so, all the tests and all yeah that. so uh, in navi mumbai we have two buildings hmm. we have a 25000 square foot facility which is our lab hmm. and then another 15000 square foot facility which is our new corporate office hq so there in the hq we have sales marketing hr tech operate from hq hmm. all the other teams operate from the lab Mm. and like this we have uh, five other labs across india in bangalore noida hyderabad kolkata and chennai mm. so that's how we you know that uh, that it's a pretty big uh, testing and um, you know it's it's it's, it's institutional <laughs> if i would so like to so what happens with uh, freelancers huh. it can be hit or a miss yeah i'm not saying freelancers are bad freelancers yeah. can be fantastic yeah, right yeah but it what works for you but sometimes because there is no brand associated with it right mm -hmm. so for example if you want to do a shelf life enhancement there are a few companies you can go to will they be they'll be a little more expensive but they're tried and tested and then you'll be the 101st customer they're doing it for rather than the second customer they're doing it for mm -hmm. so with freelancers there are some things that you can freelance mm. but there's some things that you shouldn't freelance like mm -hmm. yesterday i was talking to somebody another a food entrepreneur and uh, they were taking their products on amazon hmm. so i'm like oh who's doing it they're like oh uh, my admin person is putting up products on amazon i was like admin person i'm like has he done this before no no it's pretty straightforward i'm like yeah it's ppc like uh, you know paper click ads seo also is pretty straightforward but you will not get good results and you land up spending a lot if an amateur is doing it you land up spending so it, time money effort so he just goes and lists the products yeah but it's there is a lot more to that than just that there has to be a strategy there are keywords there is more technicality to it huh. than just listing your products like huh. i can start a ppc ad in the next 5 minutes hmm. it will not be optimized i'll end up paying 1000 rupees a click while hmm. if a professional does it it can be one fifth the price hmm. right i may have better reach so always hire professionals who have done this before where you are not their guinea pig hmm. i i know i know so you can use professional i mean you can use freelancers and i do i, I do use freelancers in so many parts of my business but there where their output is already predefined and where they where creativity is not required see if it's a very like, straightforward thing mm. you can actually freelance it quite easily but if you need creativity you i would then go with somebody either who has excellent reputation like i've heard of the freelancer not they found me or we, i yeah, found them on some site for some reason i've uh, come across all these food technologists whoever referred or i found mm. them in some networking event uh i've been very disappointed except sonali so she has some knowledge because she's done so if you've not done work on fermented mm. products like batters then it's very the the rules that apply to you know tend uh, like a food and you can sort of uh, extrapolate it to other 10 mm. items mm. it doesn't work no. for batters batter is a very because it's so sensitive towards moisture towards temperature towards every you can just name it you know so when you started out what are few of the challenges that you faced so when i started out uh, uh, a that it is a fresh food pro uh, uh, product and at all times you need to maintain cold chain and that to me is the biggest challenge it was a challenge then and it's a challenge now and of course now we figured uh, a way to address that challenge and we've sort of had a paradigm shift we are moving uh, while we have a online uh, arm we are also sort of really focusing and building uh, our business in the offline so that um, you know uh, sorry from offline to uh, building on online where we are creating a strong cold chain uh, system so the product is maintained at certain degree uh, which is essentially 4 and 5 so that that has been my uh, biggest uh, challenge 
and uh, the second challenge that I can think which is not really a challenge but when I started out it was that it's a premium product. Mm -hmm. um, while you have your competing brands selling at 50% uh, cheaper, Atta Girl is expensive and, um, and I, so for any new customer to acquire new customer is going to be tough because he'll be like what? 150 for a ragi batter, you know, I mean, I can just get my own nata chakki at home and, <laughs> and people have done that, including my friends. And then they realize it's not worth the effort, right? So the first two, three years were tough. Uh, we figured a way to address that thing. So when we launched in malls like your Hyper City, Big Bazaar, uh, Nature Basket and Food Hall, um, I hired brand uh, promoters. I taught them to make dosas. And, uh, and then they, we had like a live uh, counter there where they Lovely. would make dosas and serve it with chutney. So uh, the same customer who would not pick up a 150 ka batter suddenly taste the, uh, the, the ragi dosa or the multigrain dosa and they would be like, oh my God, this is so good. And then the pickup happened fairly easily, right? And this model worked very well for us. And we still now, even any new product that we are ordering, uh, we are uh, launching. Uh, we Don't have brand this. promoter and uh, you know with spices we always smell karake customer ko, uh, makes the end buy and coffee, I, I don't know if you've tried filter coffee. Not, I, I didn't know that you had a filter coffee, okay, that's I, my I'm, next. I'm going to call, no, 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 don't try because I don't know how you or your wife will make it. Sorry, I'm a food huh? snob. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm a food snob, that's what my husband says. I will first call you. Okay. Make your taste okay. and then I'll give you a batch, take it home and now you make it because uh, um, yeah, so so yeah, so those were the two challenges and we've sort of figured a way around and of course now we don't have to struggle so much. Any new product, the uptake is uh, a lot easier. So if you had to do this all over again, what would you do differently? Oh, I would not get into cold chain product. <laughs> I would make dry mixes like you have MTR mm, and gits, mm, mm -hmm. uh, ragi powder, just add water, mix it, ready to use. Um, but I don't think you would have the same, same impact. output or the, yeah. this, the quality yeah. wouldn't be where you are today yeah. because I think the wet mixes obviously are yeah. more, I think more superior because dry mixes have been in the industry yeah. and they're okay, it's not bad. But a wet mix is just, I think, better because you're getting the same consistent thing every single time. And I think, as you mentioned earlier, that quality and consistency is one of the main reasons. At least me, I buy your product because of that. Mm. It's like McDonald's. Like, why do you go to McDonald's? I mean, taste is great. However, you go there for quality and consistency. Like, if you go, to, if you're in an international, I mean, if you're outside the country, McDonald's always a safe bet. Like, if I have to ever order like idli dosa, I would rather order your batter than ordering idli dosa from a random place. Yeah, so, so it's, yeah, we, I mean, um, making those dry mixes would be like processing the food, right? So it's not natural. Uh, I mean, I say that, but uh, if I, I mean, on a serious note, if I had to do this all over again, is there something that I would do differently? Uh, not really. I had to go through this whole journey to be where I am. Um, maybe minor things here and there, but nothing, uh, Nothing, Nothing big that I can think of. And uh, when we were talking offline, uh, you know, you mentioned uh, that I may be looking at uh, you know, getting somebody else online uh, to help. But I think the journey you've gone through has made you strong. Tomorrow you can always get partners, you can get you know, senior people in. 
but that journey gives you so much insight into your own business and makes you strong as a person and as a founder that even if there is nobody you'll still scale if there's somebody great if there's nobody also that that scale is still going to happen right and i think that the amount of things you learn as a founder and especially as a first time founder is incredible and any new thing that you do all these experiences can always add oh, to that you know you go through you reinvent yourself and you go through this transformation um i, I coming back to your question um i forget what the question is but anyway i huh. will uh, uh, i have something to say here is that uh, this whole journey of arta girl while there were uh, you know uh, time of lows and highs uh, somewhere i it taught me to be patient and i'm not generally patience is a virtue and i don't have it it um, it made me to sit down calm my nerves take a step back and say okay how can we solve this issue so something which looked almost impossible i have figured that every problem has a solution you just have to hold on to your nerves sit down and think over it and you will find a solution and i've almost lived this life in this uh, uh, you know the whole arta girl uh, journey and uh, and this is something i mean this is like become my uh, um, playbook like okay this is the problem what are the ways we can find solution and most often you will find the solution so uh, today morning uh, while having breakfast i was talking to my kids and uh, i was telling them you know if you want to be successful in life there are three things that you need to be or three thing three lessons you need to have the first one is you need to be indistractable if focus on something you need to be able to get there uh, and give it your all the second thing is you need to be anti fragile you can't like small small things can't shake you uh, anti fragile also is a part of grit where you know you're not if you fail it's okay you you know you get up and you do it again but, but, but it will also make you strong as you go along you may come like i was very fragile mm. and now oh my god Uh, nothing can waver me i i've become a much uh, stronger and a resilient person that you know because of the, the journey yeah, does that the and journey. the third thing i told them is everything in life is figure outable yeah right yeah. and if you follow these three basic principles in life just basic yeah. principles you're going to be successful right yeah. um, so on that note i would like to thank you thank you for taking out a time and coming on breaking the ceiling um, it's so exciting to meet different different people and learn so much from them So many times, many people ask me, "Hey, why do you do this podcast?" Because we don't discuss about our work. We don't talk about testing, and we don't. I mean, we don't go into any of that, right? Uh, but for me, it is learning from you, getting inspired, you know, by people's journey, by learning from their mistakes, from learning from their insights. And thank you so much for sharing so many insights. And I, I am richer for it. Thank you so much. And I've been always wanting to meet you because I've been a big fan of your product. And the feeling uh, is mutual. I would like to say <laughs> it is so interesting. I mean, I uh, I came for this uh, podcast or whatever um, with very little expectations, right? And I was pleasantly surprised to meet you and uh, learn more about you and your industry. Uh, it's it's been uh, refreshing. Thank you so much. And uh, guys, uh, please, you've learned so much from what she shared. She shared so many. gems right with us today please go apply these in your life and use these to break some more ceilings i'll see you guys in the next one